Hey, I'm Jordan. And I'm Ashley. We're the founders of For the Good, a community created to empower and elevate you to live a purpose-driven life. Our mission is to bring light into our world, and to do so, we have learned that it must start with it. We are so glad to have you here with us. Hi friends, this is Ashley of the For the Good podcast. Today we're going to dive in on how to support someone else's mental health. This is a podcast that I've had in my heart to share with all of you and I'm really looking forward to talking about it. So to get started, I felt like I want to start with my why. So as I sit here in our podcast room, I have a photo of my dad and I, and we are in Disney World, and it was my first time in Disney, so it was absolutely incredible. In the photo, we are coming down a water slide, and we're right at the end, and you can just see grand big smiles on both of our faces. And looking at this photo, it always brings me so much joy to really look back on that moment and that time that we shared together. So at that age, I started to notice that my dad was struggling with substance abuse. And at the time, you know, I didn't know that that was what it was associated with. However, I did know that it was something that changed the dynamic in our household. And this is something that I've talked more about in my book called The Mountains We Climb. So I'm not going to dive into much into that today because that's not the prime purpose of recording this podcast. However, I did want to share that as some back info for you in case this is your first podcast episode you are listening to. So oftentimes when someone is struggling with substance abuse, drug abuse, there also are other linked conditions. And I say that in terms of mental health. So I feel like my dad at times, you know, seemed down. And as a child, as a teenager, I didn't quite understand what depression meant or any of these things. And now as an adult, I feel like it was depression, that he had experienced things in his childhood, his upbringing, and he continued to carry that on with him, which led to this depression or those kinds of negative feelings and also linked to, you know, that coping mechanism. So unfortunately, my dad did pass away from a heart attack back in 2015. It'll be six years this May. And so growing up as a kid, a teenager, a young adult, him and I didn't sit down and have these deep conversations. You know, we didn't talk about his depression or his his upbringing or what led to all of this kind of stuff. You know, we didn't talk about that. As many parents don't always sit and have those kind of conversations with their children. So it's not something that I quite understand, but looking back now and learning more about what mental health is and what it looks like, this is something to me, you know, patterns that make sense. So ultimately, you know, like I said, we didn't have those kind of conversations, but it's something that I carry with me in my heart that I wish that today as an adult, knowing what I do, that we would be able to talk about it and I would be able to help him. And you know, that's not the way life unfolded. So it is my mission to be able to bring this awareness and education to other people and help them in his honor. So today, this episode is for you, dad. And it is something that makes me really emotional when I say that because it's just incredible how God can bring something difficult, something hard, and transform it into something of purpose. So today, we are going to talk about how to support someone else in their mental health. And to get started, let's talk about signs to look for when someone is struggling. This could include they suddenly no longer have interest in things they used to enjoy, or they seem angry or sad for little to no reason. 
It's possible they seem emotionally numb, like they don't feel anything anymore, or they eat a lot more or less than they used to. Another sign to look for is their sleeping patterns have changed, or they seem to be missing more and more time from work or school. In some situations, they could be drinking heavily and or using drugs to cope or avoiding their close friends and family members. It's possible that someone could also talk about taking their life or feeling hopeless. Support from family and friends is a key part of helping someone who is living with mental illness. One thing that people have talked with me about is they're unsure of what to say to start this conversation. They don't wanna say the wrong thing, so oftentimes people don't say anything at all. So let's talk about things not to say versus things to say instead. In these situations, don't say, just get over it, but you don't look depressed. What do you have to be depressed about? What's wrong with you? Think positive, or it could be worse. Try these phrases instead. Tell me how I can help. Can I keep you company today? Tell me more about it so I can understand. I'm here to support you and you're not alone. How can I help you during this difficult time? Your feelings are valid. While doing research for this episode, I read a quote from Harriet Leafley. She's a PhD professor at the Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences at the University of Miami Miller School of Medicine, who's worked with families for 25 years. And she said that it's important for families to learn that they didn't cause their loved one's disorder and they can't cure it. So this is something that I want you to remember as we navigate through this episode today, that you are able to support someone and encourage positive steps, but ultimately you are not able to cure them yourself. It is up to this other person to take these steps and along the way you are right there with them to show your love that you care and that you are there to support them. So as I said, this episode is all about how to support someone else's mental health. So number one, you can educate yourself on the illness. Educating yourself about your loved one's illness is really the foundation of support. Research also has shown that education works. So if someone in your life is struggling with bipolar disorder, depression, anxiety, whatever that looks like, educate yourself on what they're experiencing to be able to really have these conversations with them and to your best ability, understand what they are experiencing. Not knowing how the illness functions can create misconceptions and prevent families from giving their loved ones effective help. So for instance, without education, it's hard for people to grasp and really understand the severity of symptoms, such as thoughts of suicide or feelings of deep depression. Dr. Leafley said that it's not uncommon for families to wonder why their loved ones just can't snap out of it. It's possible that someone is listening right now and they have a loved one who is struggling with something and they have thought these things, you know, what is wrong with you? Why can't you change? Why is it so difficult? I know for me, you know, personally, I will share that while I was a teenager, a young adult, and I started to better understand, you know, what was going on in our family dynamic, I thought to myself, why can't my dad change? Why is this so hard? Why is he choosing this behavior? So I'm sure that anyone who has experienced something in this space, it's possible that you can also relate to that. And also seek out resources. So one helpful way to educate yourself about a loved one's illness and how you can help them is by turning to reputable publications. And these can be different guides to be able to help and support your loved one. 
And also have realistic expectations. So your expectations can impact your loved one's recovery too. So in an instance when a loved one spends several weeks in the hospital and when they come out, the family often can assume that the hospital stay has cured them. So I read in this case, the best option is to encourage a loved one to set a slower pace because you wouldn't want them to feel stressed about the situation. You want to be able to take slow, small steps. And also reach out for support. Stigma can often prevent families from seeking support, but it's through support that you can gain much more strength and valuable knowledge. The key in seeking support is by joining a support group. It can also help to quote-unquote normalize a family's experiences and better enable you to be able to talk about managing a loved one's mental illness. It's good not only for that person to be able to go in and have these conversations with people who are also having these thoughts and feelings, but also as a family member as well. And for you also to be able to talk with other families who are experiencing something similar. The National Alliance on Mental Illness is a great resource in helping to support families and educate them on mental illness. So for an example, the organization offers a free 12-week course called the Family to Family Education Program. In most areas have local support groups. So just head on over to National Alliance on Mental Illness and you can look in your area to be able to join a group for you and your family. And this also includes encouraging your loved one to talk with a mental health professional. Being able to have these conversations and talk about what they're experiencing with someone that they trust is so important because too often we are taught in our society to hold what we feel inside, to stuff and tuck those feelings away. But a phrase that I always use, especially when it came to my personal grieving process after my dad passed, is you need to feel to heal. So for your loved one, it's important for them to feel what they do to be able to heal themselves from within. And also when you have these conversations with your loved one, it's important to be be a good listener, be responsive, and make eye contact with a caring approach. Because oftentimes these conversations, they can be difficult for this person to have. So make sure that you are there, that you are listening, that you have no distractions around, that you are not spending that time on your cell phone scrolling or putting your attention anywhere else. If this person is there talking about this with you and is opening up to having this conversation, it's important for you to be there and show them that you support, that you love, and that you care about them. In this episode, we dove more into how to support someone in this mental health space. So here are a couple things to avoid doing. This includes criticizing, blaming, or raising your voice at them in having these conversations. Also, showing any form of hostility towards them. This also includes assuming things about them or their situations or being sarcastic, making jokes about their condition. You don't want to patronize them or say anything condescending because if this person is coming into this space with you, trusting you and opening up about something that is really difficult, you don't want to make them feel like their feelings are not valid, that their story doesn't matter or what they're going through is less than what it is. I recently read that more than 300 million people worldwide suffer from depression and related mental illnesses. And because of this, more and more people are looking for help. As a family member, a friend, a coworker, etc., we're called to help and support people on their journeys. And as I mentioned earlier, it is important to remember that we are not the cure. We are called to love them unconditionally and support them and be there for them. So In this episode, I wanted to highlight, you know, different ways that we are able to start the conversation and to be able to support them in this way. 
So friends, I pray for you on your journey and also for your loved ones. So I feel like if you are listening to this, it's a possibility that there is someone in your space that you are looking to support. So I hope that these messages touch your heart and also have the ability to touch someone else in your life as well. As always, thank you so much for joining me here on the For the Good podcast. Have a great day, everyone, and make today count. Thanks for joining us at the For the Good podcast. We would love to connect with you. Join us on Facebook and Instagram at For the Good Official and our blog at ForTheGood.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Remember, a positive mindset is the beginning of true happiness, not just for the good of the individual, but for the good of the world.